0: Hey sis, welcome to the Mom Keys to Mental Peace podcast. Now, real quick before we get into the show, did you know that this podcast is a spinoff from a book that I wrote? Yes, Mom Keys to Mental Peace, 12 Tips to Become a Healthy Mom and Raise Healthy Children. In this book, I share my story about how I identified toxic patterns of thinking about life and motherhood I share how God helped me to transform by the renewal of my mind. I didn't want to keep this revelation to myself. So I packaged it in a book to share how you can transform your mindset and lifestyle too. This book is for anyone who desires to break unhealthy generational patterns in their family, want to build healthier and stronger relationships with their children, or for anyone who wants to overcome the battle of negative thoughts in their mind. After reading this book, you will learn how to gain confidence in who you are as a mother, handle unhealthy thinking patterns when they appear in your mind, and position yourself to achieve mom life balance. This book is available wherever books are sold and the link will be in the show notes. Now let's get to the show. So welcome to the Mom Keys to Mental Peace podcast. I am your host and sister in Christ, Tarikaya Allen-Butler. This is a Christian podcast for moms who struggle with limiting beliefs and want to learn how to make over their mindsets and level up their lifestyle in faith, family, finances, and fitness. Tap in each week for the Mom Keys to Mental Peace podcast, where you will learn major keys to stop coming up short on your goals and start leveling up for the type of lifestyle you desire God's way. Ready to level up? Let's do it. Let's do 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 uh, it.
1: Yes, yes,
0: let's do it. So I'm excited for today's talk. I have a special guest here with me. Her name is Charity McLean. She has a master's degree that she received at Liberty University in human service counseling, which is also referred to as life coaching. Um, She is a life coach and owner of Forward Coaching. She specializes in emotions, trauma, organization, and overall life endeavors, Excuse me, Lord. She is a wife and mom of two sons who are teenagers, which is our focus of today's conversation. And she enjoys traveling, reading, journaling, and helping people achieve their life goals. My my type of girl. <laughs> so welcome, Charity. I'm so glad to have you here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. So let's hop into it. Um, if you could just share a little bit about your journey, um, of what inspired you to go into life coaching? Were there some things that you experienced personally that um motivated this decision and what helped you to overcome any trials that you may have faced?
1: Okay, so um
0: I would say what inspired
1: me to be a life coach is probably my experiences. Um Especially starting college right after um, high school and going to Federal State University and just getting a bachelor's in criminal justice um, with a baby. Um, I had a son in my senior year of high school and um, I probably turned down about 10, 10 to 12 um, colleges for a track scholarship. Mm -hmm. So. I would say what inspired me to go was my perseverance to go past what I knew and learn something new and keep going and going and going. So perseverance is probably the inspiration that I have that has motivated me to become a life coach. Um, Just getting, having a child and not letting it stop me or, or having a job and going to school and having a child and not letting it stop me, but really the support of my family let me know that I can be whatever I want it to be and um, do it with class at that. Um, some things I experienced um, personally um, that inspire me would probably be um, being looked upon as, you know, here it is, a, a young lady who play seventh in the whole entire nation and running track. Um, got pregnant her senior year. And people probably just didn't think I was gonna do anything. Not that I cared about what people thought because I never did. Well look at my honey.
0: He joined.
1: Um so <laughs> that's my honey. Um, but I would say what what has inspired me most is um my sons. Um I wanted them to see that you know you can, you can make mistakes and you can still keep going and pushing forward. So that's why I named my coaching business "Pushing Forward" because I pushed forward through any any obstacle there was that could have potentially gotten my way. I just pushed anyway. It didn't matter if it was a a stone, a brick, a a rock, a pebble. I was gonna push it out of the way. So that's just the type of mentality I had. Um, But really, I would say what what started me with the business was the journey, you know, the colleges. I went to federal State. Then I went to NC State and got my teaching license. And then um, I started working at a nonprofit. Um, at the nonprofit, I went into the classrooms and taught a little bit. And then for the past three years, I was teaching at Lee County High School. And I kind of knew it was something I wanted to do. Um, I would say probably like in 2016, because I went to school in 2018. Well, actually, I graduated with my master's in two thousand eighteen. So I kind of knew once I looked up the um, the course, the course load for that master's, how I wanted to be a a life coach because I possessed all the skills that it took to be one already. Um, but really, I would say what has um, helped me to overcome um, trials that I faced in my life mostly would be my experiences um, because experiences build character um, they also build grit and knowledge and without that um you could just be stuck in all the experiences wasn't the best experiences but they were necessary for the role that i've taken and um this year i've decided to really push and go more into my um, coaching business because i know it's time it's time that i really Um, reach out and help more because I have the capability of helping more. So um, I would say that is the reason why I chose to be a life coach.
0: Yes. Thank you so much for that. I can relate to a lot of what you shared. Um, I had my oldest son. um, I was a junior in high school when I got pregnant, but I had him my senior year. Um, And I can remember uh, applying to schools and my whole education Goal or life plan that I had, but I will say for me, I realized a lot of it was to kind of prove a point to people. Like, I was so head bent on not being a stereotype, like, right. I'm not just some black teen mom whose life is all over. Like, I was really head bent on I'm going to make something of myself, I'm going to achieve goals. And I can honestly say, after I had my son, you know, even though it's not ideal or whatever. That was like the jump start yeah. that I needed for ambition because before him I was just kind of like very laid back, very chill, just kind of going with the flow. Um, I didn't really have a college plan at all. That's not something that um, was talked about in my family. So I feel like after I had him, that was that jump start that I needed. Like girl, you got to do something with yourself out here. You got a baby, you know, to take care of, That's looking up to you and to show an example for him. And I think that's why um, I know like this platform is for moms, but I also have a soft spot for like young adults and teenagers, just because of the things that like I faced mm-hmm. and that I was going through at that age, some of the decisions that I made, I feel like if they can talk to somebody that's, you know, Been there before, or understand what they're going through, it might not stick right now, but the seed is planted for whenever it needs to be watered, and they can, you know, grasp hold to it and apply it to their lives as needed. So So that 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 overall overall,
1: that overall tells me your experiences built your grip, your grit. So that's (laughs) literally proven your experiences. It just built like okay, you didn't know about your college, but you know after you had the baby, I gotta do something to go to my right. even if your motivation was from the naysayers, it don't
0: matter. You had you were still motivated. Exactly, exactly. And of course, you know, my focus shifted after a while once I realized it don't matter what people got to say. But that was that fire I needed up under me. And mm-hmm. I my experiences is the whole platform or foundation of Mom Kiss and Mental Peace. Me being a teen mom and not really knowing what I was doing as a parent and, you know, just figuring out life day by day. So that's right. Yes. That definitely proved the point there. Our experiences are that um, foothold that we need. So I know that I got to um, send my son to your program this weekend. I was so excited. I remember seeing the flyer, um, my homegirl Cree. Lucretia Reeves had sent it to me and I read the description and what all was going to be in the program. And I was like, yes, I'm signing my son up. Um, He's definitely going. So can you talk a little bit about leadership camp, um, which is what it was called that you hosted this summer and it was targeted to preteens and teens. Um, What were some of the topics that you all addressed at camp and was there anything specific that you noticed Um, that the teens were struggling with, or did they share any struggles that they faced at school or in their daily life with you?
1: Okay, Okay, yes.
0: So the leadership camp was hosted originally from the
1: Let's Do It Together Foundation, um, that's out of Sanford, North Carolina, where we are at. And they hired me to come in and direct the camp, which we come up, we had an intern and she helped as well. but mainly, it was to build a lot of character and leadership skills within our community to show our students, well, our participants who were there with us at that moment, um, how to build leadership. So we started off the week with just doing a vision board. What did they think their visions were? And I might have just put like three questions on the board, like I am, I will, I want to, those type of questions. Um, and, you know, a lot of them could relate it. Um, back to like they want to play basketball, they wanted to um, make better grades, they wanted to be a better student in junior high this year. So um, we took those um, and made them into vision boards and it went further and further and further as we went through the week. Um, The first day we also had public speaking guest speaker come in, Miss Janae Peace. um, She came in and she did a public speaking Seminar with the kids taught them how to speak, how to use um, their language, their body language, how to stand still, how to how to maneuver back and forth that they had to. Um, she taught them a lot in that session. And then um, the next day we had Luc- Lucinda McClain come in and do um, making boss moves. I think that's the name of it. Um, so that's the financial literacy um, guest speaking that we had. Um, then we took them to the Civil Rights Museum in Greensboro and we took them to North Carolina a and we put them, um, Leadership Camp became much more relevant after our third day because the whole reason to taking them to North Carolina a and to the Civil Rights Museum was to inform them about the four. The four students, um, I can't even remember the year and how they um, came together and they sat in a diner and they decided they wasn't going to be served in the back of the building from the from the back of the building anymore. They decided that they wanted to sit in and do a protest. So we were teaching them ultimately that leaders don't always get to leave from the front. They can leave from yeah the back, the middle, or front. It doesn't always, leadership doesn't always look one way. And that's what we were teaching them for leadership that week. Because just because you see me and you think I'm a leader, I may be a leader just in my profession, but there's leaders in all different types of per- professions. Um, and so that Thursday, we had um, the Partnership for Children and Families come in and they did a resiliency um, with, I think La- Tanya McLean did resilience with them and um, she taught them how to reset and how to take their aggression or their um, their attitudes of what's going on in their world and how to use tools of mindfulness and, and to control their emotions. It's what we call resilience. Um, I'm, I also work heavily in resilience. I'm a I'm, trauma coach. So after that, we did some teamwork with the team outreach program where they came in and taught them team building skills. And then that Friday throughout the whole week, I know we already sounded like we did a lot, but throughout the whole week, we worked on a project, um, a leadership project, something that they wanted to advocate for. Um, And many of them advocated for more team for more team friendly places for them to go outside of school or more mental health awareness for, for kids, um, just different things that they talked about and they had to present it. And then um we were able fortunate enough to have the parents come in the afternoon and look at the boards that they all made. So it was, it was like literally a week of, um, it, it seemed so busy at the beginning of the week, but it was a, a week that was rewarding to me and the Let's Do It Together Foundation because we were able to see their hard work pay off at the end. It didn't look like it was getting there, but at the end, that's how it is even when you're teaching. It don't always work out mm-hmm. the first day, but it works better as you progress. So as we progressed, they began to take it more and more seriously. And then when they had to present in front of everybody, um, I thought that built so many Uh, more characters, characteristics, and built much more in them to be um, better students and better individuals. So our week was nothing but amazing. And I worked with a lot of young men and I was excited to work with them. Um, And I don't work with middle schoolers normally. I work with high schoolers normally, but the middle school group, I can't call them a challenging group. I can call them a group that are going to push and push and push But I persevered. So, um, but it was still rewarding. And I just, I just think, I just thank the um, Let's Do It Together Foundation for allowing me the opportunity to come in and build it with them and to work with them because it is something that's needed. It is something that we need more of. And we sent out a survey to the parents and parents were just like, can it be longer? It was a whole week long, but they wanted it to be longer. Um, I would not allow the students to play in any gym or any form of a gym, and I know it was so hard for them. But I wanted them to see that in order to gain what they were trying to get out of it, they didn't always have to play basketball. So <laughs> e- even though they begged and begged and begged, can we go to the ba- can we go to the gym? Yeah, the gym was right downstairs. I just I didn't allow it. I just thought that it was best that they really learned what leadership was about and and the other side of it. It's just not about what, what they do on the court. It's really about what they do in the classroom first.
0: Yes. <laughs> Listen, I was the mama that was rooting and here for it. Um specifically because of that. And our boys, you know, they go to school together. Mm-hmm. They play on the same team together. And that's something that I try to talk to my son about. Um, And I'm not sure if it's really received. I try to present it in a way like there's nothing wrong with basketball. Like I love the character that it builds, the team building and things like that. But I feel like for our Black young men specifically, a lot of times that's like a tunnel vision thing where they feel like that's all they have to offer the world. Mm -hmm. And there's so much more that they can offer the world. And if basketball is a, avenue to get you to that to where you can offer more than you know. Cool, that's fine, but um, I really love the the openness and the how different that it was. Like he's mm-hmm. always doing a basketball camp or a football mm-hmm. camp or or something like that. So I just loved how this was something different, and I want to commend you for, you know, pushing through and your perseverance because that's not an easy age group. <laughs> <laughs> um to work with especially like multiple of them one is enough <laughs> so i can imagine like several of them in that age group but um i just really was rooting for you for the group for the material um the conversations i would have with my son afterwards it seemed like he gained some type of insight um or wisdom from it i'm always you know asking my questions and probing but you as know, he seemed good. like really comfortable, as I should, right? But he felt very comfortable, it seemed like. And even if you do sports, you still have to speak. I know I watch <laughs> these men on these interviews and stuff. I always pay attention to the stuff that nobody is thinking about when we watch these games. So Certain interviews, I'm like, he could have elaborated more on that. Look at his his body posture, like, you know, little things like that. So I try to connect it back um, and make it relevant to them. But at the end of the day, there's life outside of sports and our young men um, and women too have to know how to conduct themselves in this world. Um, and show up in a way that exhibits leadership and that you have some, some know-how to yourself <laughs> or some right. home training as, as our mamas used to say. <laughs> and I'm, I'm super happy that they have their
1: basketball organization um, rise because they are taught a lot of leadership skills through them through basketball, which is great. And yep. we teaching them through the, 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 other side the other avenue as you called it so bringing all of that together is is what we what i call the village because sometimes you know it takes a village to raise kids but yeah um, that's a part of the that's a part of the road that they have to see they have to see that through basketball their skills that their coaches teach them to persevere um just not through the skill but on the court and mental so A lot of that plays along with their leadership as well, but they could bring that same leadership energy that they have on the basketball court to the classroom. That's what we want
0: to see. Yes, yes. yes. And the piggyback off of Rise, we have been a part of organized sports since my son was like five years old. Mm -hmm. But I will say this is the best organization I feel like holistically that we've been a part of because you get with teams where they're playing daddy ball, um the coaches are like their character just isn't the best, you know, they're cussing at the kids or whatever. And I have not experienced any of that with Rise. It's very family oriented, very mm-hmm. character building, very goal driven. Yes. Um and I'm so happy we're a part of that. <laughs> That's right. That's one extra piece. Yes. All right. So getting into I know you mentioned um that mental health was kind of touched on in the um program. So what are some signs that parents should look for when it comes to signs of mental health concerns with their teenagers and um, how can they help them? So I will first
1: say that um, I'm not a doctor. So this is just merely some, some books I've read and some trainings that I have been through. And um, the biggest thing I can say is that um, through the adolescent years, which are the years that they go through, probably from like 11 to, to probably about 20-something. Yeah. Um, they go through what we call ad- adolescence changing and hormonal change. So it's kind of normal for some of the behaviors. So that's why it's so hard to, for parents to kind of understand or know the difference between if it's mental health or is it just them growing up. Right. Um, and it could be a little bit of both. But I would say with COVID, it has probably increased the mental health side of things. Um, and that's just like their lack of um, wanting to be a part of things, um, avoiding friends, um, sleeping, sleeping a lot. I under, But then there's the other piece to like adolescents. They are supposed to sleep a lot. Mm. Um, they don't know that they need about 10 hours, 8 to 10 hours of sleep. For them to even function fully um but not being able to maybe sit still sometimes missing days of school not wanting to go to school Mm -hmm. um i would say bouncing between having a whole bunch of energy and then 10 minutes later having no energy Mm -hmm. um those are just signs being irritable for really no reason like i mean I said, I mean, not even you doing anything as a parent or your spouse doing anything as a parent, just being irritable, mm-hmm. um, feeling, maybe starting to engage in some things at school with other kids that uh, that they may not be taught at home, but they are engaging in them at school. Like I know all the kids curse. Okay. Right. I, I mean, cause I cursed in sixth grade too. So and, and so, and the, but I stopped around like the seventh grade because I was scared because I seen my brother get I seen my brother get punished doing good time for cussing, and I was like, it's not gonna happen to me, it's not gonna happen to me. But um, their their willingness to try to fit in but not fit in. So I would say if I would just tell parents to to just kind of pay attention to their kids. I mean, you you get to know them of and and know how they do things, but some stuff just isn't normal. Uh, some stuff that they be doing, going in their room and sitting in there for five, six, seven hours. No, ain't happening around here. Don't shut your door, as my husband would say. Don't shut your door. Um, no locked doors over here. <laughs> oh, so, so that they, they, I would say to each to each parent you have to pay attention to your kid in a different way. Figure out what their love language is, like if they do like to be touched or if they want to just talk all the time. Like I make it a point to go in Adam's room. That's my 13 year old. And even if I'm getting on his nerves, I make it a point to sit on his bed and bother him every day or come in his room and just stand there. And he, he hates that. But that also lets me, kind of take a quick glimpse around his room to see what has what's been going on and i can also tell his space i can tell like how he's doing at that moment um if he's agitated why he's so agitated well let me tell you about this teacher at school mama you know so that type of thing and kids they want to talk but they are so scared to talk to parents because parents are first and foremost what did you do before because that's what we were taught. We're only doing what we're taught. Um, so as the more and more education that I have been granted to get, the more I know how to like deal with it. Does it still force, frustrate me? Yes, it does. I mean, I'm I can get frustrated just as much as he can. But learning to control that and, and watching him and watching the behaviors. Um I wrote a couple of them down like um um engaging in risky behaviors. Um Having bad thoughts, um, and a lot of times their perspectives are very, very different until you teach them something correct. And perspective is what I'm big on in my coaching because if your perspective is skewed, then the way you see things will always be different than how we see them. And don't get me wrong, God made us all different for a reason because we're going to see things differently. Mm-hmm. But um, not sitting still or focusing on tasks. Um, maybe staying up really late. Um, a lot of times we don't think that's, we think that's normal amongst the kids, letting them sit up really late, but sometimes they can't sleep and you, you don't even know why they can't Mm -hmm. sleep. Um, A lot of it can be within their diet. Um, we took my baby son off a lot of sugar. And I remember when my oldest was younger, we took him off red dye. Um, it did change how he was but he still was the normal aggravating little kid at school sometimes so i mean that didn't change much but it did change like his um his control of like how how long he could sit still or be tasked um the sugar the food that we're they're eating today and I don't talk to many parents about how to feed their kids because, honey, we got to feed our kids the best way we know how. Mm-hmm. And some of us is working, some of us is one parent homes, and some of us are just mm-hmm. working trying to make it. So as long as your t- your kid got something to eat, that's what matters. But if you can keep them away from the whole lot of processed sugar, you'll see the, their mm-hmm. moods. Um, I felt like my son's mood was going like this because he was was eating a lot of processed sugar. And then when he couldn't get it or get a hold to it, it's no different from a drug in my house. It would cause him to be very irritable. And that's when I would be like, okay, you irritable. You ain't had no sugar today. And he was like, you might be right. (laughs) So... Um, those are some of the things you can watch for, but I would just say for their mental health sake, keep them busy, keep them engaged. If they don't want to be engaged, get them out the room, get them out the house, and kind of limit their phone time because mm-hmm. phone time is the issue really today. And um, those video games, mm-hmm. and I don't have a problem with video games because neither one of my boys really played them because they was always outside. Mm-hmm. Um, taking them outside, but it may require you as a parent to go outside too. So taking them outside, <laughs> um, my son tumbles a lot, the baby boy. So sometimes I have to go in the backyard and just let him tumble, record them. I'll be like, okay, come on, do it again, do it again. It's just that type of thing. Jump on the trampoline if you got one. Take them to the park if you can. But keeping them very engaged can help their mental health or really just
0: sitting down talking to them. Those are our Really good points. I will say for me, I try to um remember myself as a teenager, you know, things that I was thinking, things that I was feeling. And um, and I talk to my son all the time about me being a teen mom. I'm very open <laughs> with him about how I was trying to figure things out with him. But um, I know I was one that was always in my room and I definitely dealt with depression and stuff like that. So as I, you know, gain knowledge and then reflect on myself. It's like, you know, maybe my mom didn't have the knowledge of what was mm-hmm. going on. And a lot of my behavior mirrored her behavior because she has depression. So we were just in our own little depression bubble. Like it is what it is, sis, you know. But um, definitely, I think those are all good points to pay attention to mm-hmm. and that parents should should apply.
1: And, <laughs> and if they are very angry and aggression, anger normally is because something is really going on. Um, I will say that like if they're angry and have a lot of aggression, there's something normally that's a little bit deeper. Don't really have to do with the parent. parent. One thing parents should know is they shouldn't take all of that and blame themselves because your child is your child. You can teach them A through through Z the right way. I've seen this and they still choose to do past Z, whatever that alphabet is. And so I just tell parents You know, like, don't take it personal when kids do things because they're going to do things and you can't control everything about their lives. If I don't let my oldest fall when he do fall, he might can't handle it. So Mm -hmm. sometimes you got to step back and just let them see for themselves. I mean, you're going to do everything in your power to not make it happen. But sometimes anger, aggression and them being tired comes from something from the inside that's bothering them and they don't know how to even talk about it. They don't even know what's wrong. I do um, tell parents, and I know it's a shortage of these, but I do tell parents to put them in anger management or therapy. Um, I've been through it several times. I took my oldest through it. My my, um, baby boy still goes. And his is more for his his control, his emotional control responses, like how did he deal with it? Is he thinking about it first? Is he wanting to um, accept it? So that's what we, that's what we're working on to deal with his mental health. Um, Because anger is a part of your mental health too. So if your kids walk around mad, it's probably something going on on the inside. (laughs) Something learned.
0: Girl, that was me as a teenager. I was staying mad at my mama for something with Uh, at the time my boyfriend did or something with my friends and I'm taking it out on the whole house. So (laughs) I could definitely uh, relate to that. Um, This has been so good. In conclusion, um, I feel like, you know, just from what you shared about, you know, going to your son's room and just having a seat, how can parents get their teens to open up and share more with them? Cause I do hear about that, you know, kid in the room door shut for hours at a time no communication um throughout the day. So what are some tips that parents can use to get their kids to feel more comfortable and open up more with them? Um, I would definitely call these egg conversations. So when you think about an
1: egg and I'm throwing it to you, how gently are you trying to catch it? So uh, I call it egg conversation because you always want to come in gentle. Um, don't freak out, stay calm. And not everything deserves a response, hmm. even though we probably did that from my childhood on up. Like sometimes my sons could ask me something or, I, or you know, we talk about sex uh, with my oldest and he is 18 now. Um, we talk about all different types of things. He may say little things like, yeah, I think this is what I want to do tonight. And I'd be like too much. So, um, <laughs> it, but to get that, that level of comfort with him is to yeah. build trust and to stay calm and not freak out um and not get when I say freak out I mean show the 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 straight disappointment dis displeased when they're telling you something as intimate as they may be ready to have sex and mm-hmm. in my in my culture that's not what they like to talk about they don't do it but as I become more educated, it was a conversation that I felt like I needed to have with my boys and say, you know, when you decide you're going to be ready, you can at least tell me because I would rather you be safe than not be safe. But, of course, I would rather you not do it. But if I tell you not to do it, you're just going to go do it. So um, I would say a lot of times when kids do things to make you angry, like, you know, they get in trouble in school. um, or they're talking back at home, you know, instead of you always reacting, you kind of like just ignore them sometimes. But some, st- some stuff does require you to like hit it on the head that day, at that moment, at that time. But in conversations, when they sit down and they're to you, and like my son come to me about one of his school teachers and I have to be, um, I have to listen to not respond. Instead of listening to respond or thinking of a response in my mind, I just listen to him. And once I'm done listening to him chatter about it, I say, so do you feel like you could have did anything different first? Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, and I think about whether or not I should crack the egg open or not. Mm-hmm. Oh, you did this and I, you, you going to be in trouble for doing this. But I think the biggest thing is learning how learning their body language, if they're uncomfortable to talk about it at that moment you can see it in them.
0: yeah like
1: i mean i can with the boys like when they're uncomfortable and they really don't want to talk about it or or if it's something they may want to talk to their daddy about yeah. or you, you know I, I mean that's just or am i pushing as a mama because i i'm such a detailed person <laughs> that i want to know but <laughs> how, how do you want to get the parents to open up and share more with them is if they can think of it as an egg conversation and allow their kids to be honest and not crack the egg open every time they say something. They, they'll they never share with you if you're always cracking the egg. Yes. But if you're just holding on to it softly and neatly, maybe they'll start sharing more and more and more with you now. Don't get me wrong, we ain't friends. I'm your mama. So, um, we, we I'm still your mama and we ain't going so far, but... I'm just saying ed conversations and in the same way as a teacher. I mean, you've got to have egg conversations with parents. You don't always want to call them when something's going bad, call them when something's going good. Um, so you want to be able to talk to your your children, your teens in the good and the bad. And sometimes it requires your response to be negative, and then sometimes it it requires your response to be positive. And if you Mm -hmm. have nothing positive to say, even if they're pouring Mm -hmm. out something, you just say, "Baby, I'm gonna sleep on this tonight, and we can talk about it." People don't think about sleeping on Mm -hmm. it; they have to think about sleeping on it sometimes so they can process it. Because I'm my best self at five o'clock in the morning, and I can get up and I can think about, like, "Dang, I should have told him this instead of talking telling him that way." So I would say, just have think about. When your kids talk to you about a conversation.
0: That's so good. That's the tip I'm going to take. Um, that's definitely something I'm learning and getting better with. I will say my oldest son, I have noticed over time that he is starting to share more things mm-hmm. with me. So something I'm doing is working and I'm so appreciative of that. And I will say when I got pregnant with him, I always said like I want us to have a open relationship where he can come to me and talk about everything with me cuz I did not have that right. with my family like we just did not talk about things you or you talk I would say I'm grateful for my friends but again this is children <laughs> talking to each other for advice and stuff so you know and even like I didn't have um older siblings that I had like connections with. So I really just wanted a, a tight knit in my family and my family nucleus. Like we mm-hmm. can come to each other and talk about things. And I'm grateful for my husband. Cause like you said, some things may have to be a conversation with his dad. So mm-hmm. that relieved pressure mm-hmm. off for me. Like, well, I don't always have to be the one just as long as it's somebody that, you know, he trusts and has sound advice that he can go to. You know, I'm grateful that we had that um, here in the home. That's so. right. And it takes yeah. the village.
1: Sometimes I've had to even reach out to coaches or trainers. Yeah. And they they speak to them about different things. And and a trainer told me that one time. He yeah. said, you know, sometimes you should let me know these things so I can so I can stop practice. Yeah. <laughs> so, um. It takes a village. It just it just can't be done from a parent perspective a lot of the times. And if we can. If we can just acknowledge that kids are not perfect, because we definitely are not perfect. And I don't ever want them to feel like they have to be perfect, because this is their time to make as many mistakes as they want. I mean, we don't want them to hear that all the time, but this is their time (laughs) to make those mistakes, (laughs) because we, we, we feel like that everything is supposed to be this dotted line that they should follow, but it really shouldn't be. Because that ain't how God created us anyway. Because guess what? He gives us the storms just like He gives the kids the storms. So we gotta learn to adapt in those storms, and that and through those storms, through those experiences, creates our character and builds our grit. So that's just what I have to say as, as far as like kids go.
0: You better tie back to the beginning, <laughs> period. Like <uh-oh>. a <laughs> bow, it goes right back. So those experiences, um, and that's, that's so good. I will also add one thing about other people sharing. I shared that, you know, I didn't really have a connection with my family, but I look at all of the people that God put in my life, all Mm -hmm. of the women that I've been able to connect to, all the families I've been able to connect to, and for me to be here, where I am with this podcast, with this platform, like, that didn't just come from thinning there, it came from experiences and relationships and connecting with other people. So that's also a prayer that I have for my children, like whatever I'm not able to give, whatever my husband is not able to give, Lord, please connect them with that person or those people who are able to pour into them. Cause like you said, it doesn't have to just be us. This is a village thing, like our Mm -hmm. community, everyone around. And I hope that relieves pressure, especially for like a single mom, Mm -hmm. Who feels mm-hmm. like she has to do it all, a single mom of multiples, because you know every child needs different things. Just be open to that village coming in. You don't get a special badge for doing everything on your right. own. You don't have to do everything on your own. If there are people around, please be open enough to let them in and let that guard down some.
1: Yeah.
0: And I
1: would say, I would say to end to anybody that wants things to change um i call it like that manifesta- manifestation um they can just get it in a simple book it could be a, a book of this a notebook or a piece of paper and i would just write about normally i do about 50 at a time but i would write about 20 to 25 and it's just i want god and then you put what you want god to do but you have to be specific in it because you got to remember what you want God to do. It comes with some change, which change normally calls a little bit of pain. So we have yeah. to remember that whenever we're writing what we want, write the vision, make it plain. But I would just suggest that everybody, when they want things from their kids and like you said, and they want others to do um, things that they want as well, they got to write down their vision. And even as you're, you and your husband, we all write down our visions together mm-hmm. and we say, what I want God to do in our lives, so um, that's our journey. We're still building upon ex- experiences.
0: Yes, 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 this was so good, just like I knew it would be. I'm so grateful to have you here, um, sharing your expertise, your knowledge, and your experiences with us. Um, do you have any like services that you're offering at the time, any life coaching or any future endeavors that people can connect with you? I will be opening up services, uh, not...
1: I want to say at the beginning, it's going to be after September 5th okay, that I will open it up. I'll be posting it on Facebook, Instagram, where people can book some services.
0: All right. And I will have all of her contact information in the show notes um, on the podcast. Mm-hmm. All right. And they Thank can you the follow question. me at forward coaching. Yes. Yes. I love it. All right. Well, I pray you have a great rest of your evening. Thank you all for joining us today. And I will talk to you all next week. All right. Bye. Bye. You too.